Hey, all right. Well, with every mask-covered or uncovered face here and at home, would you join me in a big amen this morning? Hey, who's glad to be together, even if it is wearing masks and being somewhat separate? Anyone else just glad to be together? Man. All right. Now, listen. Hang on. Before you get too comfy, don't, don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to go high five or hug or kiss someone. Although some of you are going, hello ladies. So no, none of that. What I want you to do, grab your phone. Go ahead, grab your phone. And uh, if you're at home, I want you to join in. Grab your phone. If you're uh, not at home, if you're here, you can do this or you can do another option. But here's what I want you to do. We're going to give you about 30 seconds. I want you to send a message to at least one person or find one person, socially distanced of course, and tell them how glad you are that you know them. Maybe you're getting to worship so you can even ask, say, I'm glad to worship with you. Or maybe you wish you were worshiping together and say, I can't wait until we get to worship together again. You have 30 seconds. Bless someone. Go. He is good. He is above all things. His love endures forever. You're like, I can't text that fast. <laughs> we'll give you another few seconds. Go ahead. You can keep going. Play some more here, Tim. Give us another few seconds here, man. This will be one of the only times your preacher begs you to text during a church service. All right. Go ahead and grab the seat. Oh. Hey, I I need to just go ahead and apologize in advance. I'm a wee bit excited this morning, and when I'm excited, I talk more. So someone said, should I schedule my day in hours or by the calendar? And so I said, yeah, sure, whatever, we'll just, we'll get going here, but I promise to get you out at least by 4 or 5 p.m. tonight, and uh, you'll have dinner at least then. But joking aside, it is so good to see you. I want you to know, we have been praying for you. We have been um, before the Father for you. And I know that this has been hard on so many of you. And for many of you at home, you're at home not because you really want to, but because, uh, because the doctor says you're not in a position to be able to be out. Or maybe you're an at-risk category or you're caring for someone who is and you wish you could be here. We just want you to know we love you. In fact, church, can we just, and I don't know if we'll pick this up, so be real loud, but can we just give a loud round of applause and welcome everyone who's not here, but let them be a part of the time here this morning. We love you. We miss you. We can't wait to see you as well. All right, now with that, grab your Bibles, and I want to take you to the Old Testament. We're in a season here of transition, and I know it feels like it's just one transition after the other. Folks, I got news for you. This world is all about transition. What is that old song? Time is filled with swift transition. That's all I'm going to sing. But that is the way things are going right now. So I want to take you back to a season, a moment of transition in Israel's history. 
Because I believe what happens in their moments, God wants to do in our moment, and not just as a group, but as individuals. So if you will, let's look together at the Old Testament book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel, I'll be reading from chapter 3, the first 11 verses. You can follow along in your own Bibles or with the Bible on stage here. This is what it says. This is God's word. It says, The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. Now, in those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. Now, we'll find out the reason he could not see very well was because he was very old. He, he was beyond what most would consider his prime. But he was laying down to sleep for the night. The lamp of God had not, now this is very, very important, had not yet gone out. Everyone say, yet. I I can sort of hear it, although most of our comments are, that's okay. It had not yet gone out. Keep that in mind. And Samuel was lying down in the temple of the Lord where the ark of God was. Then the Lord called Samuel, and Samuel answered, here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. But Eli said, no, no, I I didn't call you. Go back and lie down. And every parent who has a two-year-old said, amen. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. My son, Eli said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord Because the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. Isn't it interesting? Samuel was raised practically in the tabernacle, the place of God, and yet it is possible to literally be raised in the place of God and not yet personally know God. And I want to say to every one of us here in person and online that wherever you are, God wants to meet you this morning. And if you do not know him personally and intimately and deeply and profoundly, he wants to touch your life and change your life. All right, I'm not going to start preaching yet. That comes in a minute. So here we go. Let's keep reading. The Lord called Samuel a third time. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, Eli, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, by the way, what would happen this morning if God called you by name? And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place, and the Lord came and stood there, calling as at other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak, for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I am about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears of it tingle. I want to entitle this morning's coming together again message simply this. Yes, we're open. Yes, we're open. Let's pray together. Father, as your people, 
Whether we have yet to say yes, we're open, or perhaps this morning is the moment that you will stand at our heart and knock and say, I want to come in. I want to be a part of your life. Our prayer, Holy Spirit, is that you would change us. And that when we leave this place, we would say, yes, we're open. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, listen, how many of you have been encouraged by seeing some of these signs popping up in windows around the city? Isn't that just awesome? You're driving by and all of a sudden your favorite restaurant, yes, we're open. You drive by and you see maybe a retail store that has been shut down. Yes, we're open. Or if you're like me, the one place you could not wait until you saw this sign was your barber shop. And when you saw those three words, yes, we're open, you felt like heaven itself opened. A voice of God said, I love you. Now get a haircut. It is glorious. Yes, we're open. And I love this, not just because it's a convenience situation, but these three words represent life. And here's what I mean by that. Uh, how many of us know that any business that stays closed for too long will remain closed forever? But a, a store or a business that opens, if you open it, it now is able to not only provide goods and services, conveniences for people, but it's now also providing livelihoods for those who work there. In other words, a yes, we're open store benefits the ones who work there and the ones they serve. Everyone's life gets better. And here's what I want to tell you this morning, church. You and me, we are, every one of us, individually little businesses. And I, and I know some of you are going, no, I'm not. And I would say, yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yeah, yeah. Here's how I know. Everyone in this room or everyone joining us online, you are your own little business. And here's how I know it. Because you've actually said or you've heard someone say that they are their own little business. Re ready? Mind your own business. Or, or, or I was just minding my own business, Mommy. You know, right? Or, um, butt out of my business. Or, or deal with your own business. Or let's get down to business. We all understand that our lives are for producing, for growing, for, yes, benefiting and helping benefit others. You and I are small little business owners, every one of us. Your life, 360, 24-7, you are a business. And the question is, what is your business about? Because everyone has a purpose for getting up in the morning and doing what they do throughout the day. And the difference between someone who says, yes, I'm open to the Lord and mm, not so sure about it is they know and they live in the purpose of their business. Even 12-year-old little Jesus knew what his business was. Don't you remember the story? Luke chapter 2, you have Jesus in the temple. And he tells his bewildered mama and daddy who thought they'd lost the Son of God. Can you imagine that one trying to explain that to God the Father? Hey, listen, we need to tell you about something. We lost your son. But what does he say when they find him in the temple? Didn't you know I had to be about my father's business? He knew why he was here. See, every business, though, has only one of two options when it comes to their sign. You can have, yes, we're open, or, sorry, I'm closed. 
Yes, I'm open. Sorry, I'm closed. See, when we come to this text, we are finding Israel in a state where they are about to turn from yes to sorry. It was a sorry state for the nation of Israel. Things had been going down for a number of years. You see, this text takes place during the period known as the time of the judges where Israel was in this spin cycle of disobedience and liberation from God. Disobedience and then liberation from God. In fact, it was so bad, even the religious institution had come off the rails. Eli, the big wig leader, the priest, and his two sons had not done what they had been called to do. We know this because in verse 3, did you see that little word? The lamp had not yet gone out. The lamp in the tabernacle, the symbol of God's presence, the priests were required by God to keep the oil and the lamp burning in the sevenfold candlestick. But the idea is it's starting to flicker. The light is about to go out. The sign is about to turn from open to close because Eli fell down on the job and his sons were even worse. And yet, Hear me now, this is such good news. Even when it seems as though things are getting darker, it's the moment that God often shows up fastest and brightest. By the way, you know the song we sang right before this. When darkness seems to hide his face, I rest on his unchanging grace. I'm looking at a lot of hidden faces, but here's the good news. Just because it seems like darkness wins, God shows up in the dark moments. Amen? And so it's in this moment now that God begins to speak. So all I want to do this morning is I want to suggest that it's not enough for us to say, yes, God, we're open. Yes, our church building is open. We're together. Yeah. But God is calling each of us. To make a personal declaration to say, not only are we open, but yes, I'm open, God. What would it look like if the church, if every one of us said, yes, I'm open, how might that change everything? And so I want to show you for just a few minutes, four things from this text of what it looks like to be a yes, I'm open kind of person. Number one, yes, I'm open means I'm open to, number one, God's word. It means I am open to God's word. Do you see there in verse 4, God shows up. It says that the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel was awake enough to hear the word of God spoken. He didn't sleep through his calling. How many people do you think of and do you know who have missed the moments where God spoke? They slept through their calling, but here's the deal. To say, yes, I'm open, is to say, yes, I am open to hearing and embracing God's word. But let me just tell you, that's more than just listening to the scriptures. It's more than just reading your Bible. Yes, this is, we believe, the word of God, that these are the words uttered by God or from God through his servants or about God's people from God. This is the word of God. We believe that. Can I get an amen from anyone here this morning? This is God's word, but hear me now. This is not God's word. Mm-hmm. Wait, this is, but it's not. This is John chapter 1 and verse 1 says, In the beginning was the word. Who's John talking about? Jesus Christ. 
When God calls, understand, when I say it is open to God's word, it's not simply I am open to reading about God. Rather, it is God himself that you are open to. Not just hearing about him or from him in some distant way, but you are ready and willing and open to meeting him in person. Notice this next. In verse 10 it says, The Lord came and stood there. God's word is not separate from God himself. To say, I am open to God's word is to say, I am ready for an encounter with God. How many of us, when we wake up in the morning and open the scriptures, we come to the pages and we say, God, I am ready to meet not just words, but you. That I expect you to be here. That I am anticipating your arrival in this space. That your spirit is going to speak to me. How would it change your time tomorrow morning if you expected and believed that God himself would come and stand in the room with you as you meet in the scriptures? This is what it means to be open. In fact, here's a quick question for you to evaluate this. Do I expect God to show up? See, Samuel didn't expect God to show up, did he? Little boy, probably 10 to 15 years old, most scholars agree. We're told he had yet to really kind of meet God personally, but he was, he was about God's business, but he wasn't clear on who God was yet. And so when he hears the voice, oh, Samuel, and I wonder what that voice would have sounded like. By the way, what does God's voice sound like? I kind of always envision it sounds something like James Earl jo- Jones's voice. I'm not being funny. I'm always sort of like, you know, CNN, you know, Luke. You know, this is the voice I hear when I think of God. But God shows up and he doesn't recognize the voice of God. So he runs to Eli and says, Eli, yes, I'm here. What do you need? Middle of the night, I'm here. That's not me. Go back. Again, Samuel. And he runs. Okay, Eli, what you got? That wasn't me. Go lay down. Okay. He didn't recognize the voice of God. But God kept speaking to him until he did. Do you notice he doesn't stop with one or two times, but he comes back a third time. He calls him again because God wants to meet with you. Can you imagine what it must have been like after Eli said, Samuel, that's not me talking. That is the creator of the universe. And he is coming to meet you. Can you imagine what kind of sleepless night you would have from that point forward? How many of you, real quick, how many of you love Christmas and Christmas Eve? Any of you, or as children, do you remember the sleepless night before Santa comes? Ah, presents. And in our house, we were very clear. We understood that if we don't go to sleep, the fat guy doesn't come. Which... There's, there's all sorts of issues there. But the point is, the point is, the night before Christmas, we would be waiting with anticipation. It was hard to sleep because you knew that any moment Santa was coming and he was going to give you something special, something precious, something that you wanted. Now imagine if God himself was coming to meet with you. What would be the anticipation level? What would you say? What would you do? How would you respond? Listen, to say, yes, I'm open to God is to say, I'm ready to encounter not just your words, but your very presence. How would it change everything if you knew that when you open the word of God, God himself would meet you there? How would it take this dusty book and 
just sort of breathe new life into those moments? How would it change our way of responding if we knew it wasn't simply words on a page, but it is the presence of God coming into the moment that the Spirit of God living in us would respond? This would change everything. This is what it first starts to mean to say, yes, I'm open. But the second thing we learn, yes, I'm open also means that I'm open to God's work. I'm open to his word. I'm also open to his work, to his work. Did you notice there in verse one, it says that the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord. And and I like the order of things here. Do you notice that he is serving in verse one and then God speaks in verse four? Do you notice the order of things that Samuel is already active before God shows up? In other words, here's the question, am I already active? Am I already engaging in the areas that God has revealed? Am I already living into the areas that he desires for me? Am I present Am I not physically here only, but am I fully in every way of my life engaged? How's my thinking? How's my speech? How's my life? What's my social network look like? Uh, What does my online presence sound like? Am I already active? Because an open person, a yes, I'm open kind of person says, I am already active active that I am ministering long before Samuel heard for himself the voice of the Lord he said I'm going to be present so when he speaks I'm ready and I love this I think so much of the time when Josh Diggs prays or when Josh Diggs goes to God it is often for a promotion oh God help me with this situation I need a promotion Help me with this relationship. I need a promotion. Help me with this stressful situation. I need a promotion. Lift me out of my situation. Lift me out of this. Give me a promotion. But God is not looking for people who just want a promotion. He's looking for people with the right posture. The one that says, I am there, not just in a physical space, but my life is a ministry to God. From the moment I get up, I am wanting to find ways to engage what God is putting before me. Am I already active? I think about some of you who are able to start going back to work. Are you already active in the business of God at your work with what you say and how you engage your coworkers? I think about those of us who've been stuck maybe at home with kids or, or some of you, it's not kids, it's a spouse or maybe it's with neighbors or other situations. Are you already actively engaged in those places and those spaces? Are you currently active? See, yes, I'm open means I'm open to God's word and it means I'm open to God's work. Number three, it also means I'm also open to God's way. Everybody say God's way. Ready? God's way. God's way. You say, well, what's God's way? Well, God's way is what we see with the response of young Samuel. Again, 10, 12, 13, 14, 15 years old, young boy. And when he lies down, anticipating the voice of God, notice his response. Speak for your, say this word, everybody. Let's do it one more time, even louder through those masks. Ready? Everyone at home? One, two, three. Servant is listening. Your servant. Now, he doesn't say, um, speak, Lord, your consultant is listening. Uh, speak, Lord, your, um, you know, your friend is listening. Speak, Lord, 
Your advisor is listening. By the way, I would much rather be God's advisor than God's servant at times. I'd rather be able to consult what he is saying and consider it, but a servant is not one who consults or considers, but simply does what he says. That when he speaks, we say, okay, I'm ready. Let's do this. Yes, I'm open. It says, I am open to an encounter with God. I am actively engaged with what I can do right now. And when God speaks, here's your third question. It's the big idea. Am I obedient? Am I obedient? Like when he speaks, do I simply say, oh, that's such a nice suggestion, God. Thank you for that. I'll, I'll consider it. Or is it, yes, Lord, I am here. I'm your servant. You say what you want me to do and I will do it. From a young age, we taught our kids that obedience is to obey right away, all the way, and here's a big one, and with a good attitude. Kids, go clean your room. <laughs> okay, I'll go clean my room. That's not obedience. I'll go clean my room. Okay, so it's more than simple action. It's also attitude, right, family? To say, yes, Lord, I am open to you is to say, I receive what you're teaching. I receive that I'm wanting to get involved and, and do whatever I can, wherever I'm at, whatever you're calling me into, and I will be obedient because here's the reality. He's going to reveal to you things that he wants you to do that you're not yet doing. You say, really? Yeah, because he's God and he knows the better way. Yes, I'm open to God's word, God's work, God's way. And here's your fourth and final one, to change. Now, now, okay, here's the thing. When I first shared this, like, with my wife, she's going, okay, God's word, God's um, work, God's way, and change. Is this like a half-baked sermon? You just couldn't come up with another alliteration? I mean, what happened here? And I know some of you are like, hey, I paid for a full sermon today, Josh. Get back in there, finish the alliteration. I want a G and a W for this final point. But change? I wasn't expecting that. Isn't that the point, though, of change? It's different from everything that's come before, isn't it? How many of us back in January or February were expecting a global pandemic that would put us all in lockdown? How many of us were expecting that the first Sunday back in over three months would be with masks and spaced out like everyone has the cooties or we're at a third grader's table with the boys on one side and girls on the other? This is not what we expected, is it? This is change, and unfortunately, it comes unexpectedly, and it often comes when we don't want it. I've got to be frank with you. I don't like to change. Anyone else in here a little change-averse? Tell you what, don't raise your hand if you are, because we don't want to have to change positions, right? We are change-averse, and yet this is one of the things that it calls, because notice what the Lord says when he comes to Samuel, when everything was looking so dark, when the culture was going downhill, when there was not a physical plague, but a spiritual one of apathy, a calcification of the very souls of the nation. The Lord shows up, and he says this. He says, see, I am about to do something. 
Hasn't been done before. I'm about to change the game here. I'm about to do something that will keep you from closing. I'm going to work so that you do not shut down. I want a yes, I'm open nation. And today he still calls us to be a yes, I'm open kind of people. And it's going to require change. In fact, the first change that happens, the first situation is that God says, if you read further, he says, you know, Samuel, this is going to be hard. But I'm about to remove your spiritual daddy, Eli, from his leadership position. He's failed. He's got two sons who are wicked and he's done nothing to deal with them. And so I'm taking them out. Can you imagine the difficulty that would have been to hear that the one that you love so deeply, things aren't going to go well for them? Or to know that now at some point you may have to interact with them. In fact, just a few verses later, after God tells what he's going to do in Israel to bring about this awakening, to change and bring people back to him the next morning, Samuel, who I can only imagine didn't sleep at all that night, wakes up, opens the temple, and Eli shows up and says, so tell me what he said. Can you imagine being Samuel in that moment? We're told that he was scared. He didn't want to tell. I mean, this is his spiritual dad, the one who had been in many ways a more father figure than his biological father because he had been in the tabernacle from a young age. Eli, who had been there for him. Eli, who had encouraged him, who most likely had helped feed him as a little boy, who had comforted him when he was sad. And now he says, you tell me what God says. Don't leave any details out. And in that moment, Samuel practiced obedience and says, okay, let me tell you what God says. Change is not easy. It's not fun. In fact, sometimes doing what God calls you to do means ticking off some people that you love a lot. It means not pleasing everybody if you want to please him. But sometimes, sometimes he's going to call us to that, but it will always lead to something so much better. Yes, yes, I'm open. I, I want us just to take a moment what is an area this morning that you need to say, yes, I want to be open to you, Lord? And maybe this morning it's simply to come to him and say, God, I, I want to be ready. I want to expect for you to show up and to be disappointed when you don't versus going, well, that's just normal. Help me. I want to be open to your presence, the wild movement of your spirit in my life. Or maybe, God, I want to be open to finding ways to engage and be active wherever I'm at in whatever way. And God, I want to be quick to obey your way. I want to do what you call me to do. Help me in that. Or maybe today you just say, I need help because I don't like change. I know I've got to have this conversation with a friend. I know I've got to talk to that child that just keeps going this direction and because of fear I've not said anything or this parent whose approval is more important to me than your approval and, and God I need to separate myself and recognize that you are my true father more than these earthly parents and whatever it may be. What is that thing that God is calling you into to say yes I'm open and here's the reality I know I know with the size group here and online, some of us this morning are saying, I want that, but I feel like I've been so close to God. I'm afraid I'm like those stores that have been closed for so long that I don't know if I'll ever reopen. Can, can, can God do that? The thing I find so beautiful about this story it's when the nation seemed lost that God showed up.
And he says, all it's going to take, you don't have to do a lot because I'm here. All it, all it takes is just a little turn. Just turn around. That's what discipleship is. You understand that. Discipleship is a lifelong practice of change. Repentance. The word repent simply means to change the direction, attitude, and action of your life and go the other direction. It's from saying, I'm closed, to saying, okay, I'll be open. And this is the beautiful thing that today, as we come back together, so many of us, and for those of you that will be joining us soon, you right there in your home, in your living room, in your kitchen, in your car, wherever you're joining us right now, you and I, we can make the next step to say to God, yes, I'm open. But my goal is that everyone in this room and everyone joining us online, we would not leave this moment with God without first saying, yes, I'm open open, Lord. Because if we do, there's no telling what God might do in this place.